0: grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our lesson for today comes to us from the epistle lesson. Paul writes, I appeal to you Philemon on the basis of love. Welcome back Onesimus as you would welcome me. And this is the very word of our God as it is found for us in the book of Philemon. Well allow me to begin today with a short conversation between a believer and God. It goes something like this. The believer says, Lord, it's Sunday. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about what you said. And it's a great blessing to know that you have removed the burden of my sin from my shoulders. But now, what am I to do? And God says to the believer, just like I said to Paul forgive others just as I have forgiven you. but the believer says to God, yeah but you ever do hear those yeah buts at your house yeah but God, my brother is not sorry for his sin and he hasn't apologized to me and so I don't even see any reason why I should forgive him. but God says, didn't I tell you in Matthew's Gospel if someone sins against you? Go to that person. Show him his fault just between the two of you. And the believer says, you mean, God, I can't wait for a phone call or a text? You mean I have to go and help him repent? And God says, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner, whoever turns a sinner away from his heir saves him from death and covers a multitude of sins. The believer says, but God, I don't feel like it. God, I don't want to forgive him. I want to make him squirm. I want to make him suffer just so that he understands how much he has hurt me. But once again, God says, did I not tell you? If you do not forgive the sins of others, your Father will not forgive you. And the believer says, fine, fine, God, I'll go to my brother and I'll lay it on him. But God says, I want to remind you, you who are spiritual." You ought to restore your brother with a sense of gentleness. And you need to be careful that you do not become holier than thou. I added that last part. Believer says, so let me get this straight, God. You want me to repent of my sin. You want me to help my brother do the same. So is repentance a good work? Is repentance something that will help me earn heaven? And God replies, no, repentance is not a good work. Repentance is an expression of faith. And your faith is a gift from me. And you are saved totally by my grace. Finally, the believer says, so what's going to happen to my brother? Are you going to use that line on him that goes something like this? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And God says, the same thing that happened to you will happen to your brother. Repent so that your sin may be wiped away. Turn to the Lord in faith so that you might enjoy refreshing times at the hand of the Lord. So wins our skip. So let me ask you this morning, how hard is it for you to forgive someone who has done you dirt? You know, sometimes it seems beyond difficult. Sometimes it seems next to impossible. Can you love? Can you forgive someone who has hurt you? And then can you welcome them back into your life? You know, as Christians, we know that God expects us to forgive others as we have been forgiven. But forgetting is a different thing. It's hard to put out of our mind someone who has wronged us. And common sense tells us that we should never trust that person again. Yet, forgive, forget, and receive them back is what Paul asks Philemon to do in today's lesson. I don't know if you read the book of Philemon lately. It's only one chapter, that's why when you read the lesson, it's hard not to say Philemon chapter one, verse one through whatever. One chapter. One of the uh, uh, some people, some theologians have called it one of the strangest books in the Bible, because in it Paul is not addressing a congregation or a group of people, but he is addressing an individual. Paul writes to his friend Philemon on behalf of Onesimus. Onesimus had been a slave of Philemon. Onesimus stole something from Philemon. Whether it was money or something else, he stole it from Philemon. And then what does Onesimus do? He runs away to Rome, probably to escape the consequence of his sin. But what happens when he gets to Rome? Surprise, surprise, surprise. He runs into the Apostle Paul. And it is there that Onesimus becomes a believer in Jesus Christ. Paul knows that Onesimus needs to go back to Philemon. He not only sends him back, but he also sends him back with a letter addressing Philemon. Paul appeals to Philemon. For love's sake, welcome Onesimus back. Now Paul's no dummy. Paul knows that if Philemon is to welcome him back, the first thing he's going to have to do is forgive him. So Paul pleads with Philemon in this letter to forgive. He calls attention to the forgiveness that Philemon and the rest of us have received from the hand of God. He reminds him of how Jesus Christ has taken the burden and the load and the debt of our sin to the cross. And He has suffered the consequence for it. And through Him we have forgiveness. And we have a relationship now that has been restored, not only with God, but with one another. So Paul becomes for Philemon and Onesimus, sort of like a living object lesson of what Jesus would do for each of them. Now, Philemon certainly has every right to punish Onesimus according to Roman law. Onesimus deserved the full punishment of Roman law for his criminal behavior. And yet, both of these guys, Philemon and Onesimus, both of them have been redeemed by one Savior. Paul here becomes an advocate for Onesimus to Philemon. Almost in a sense, mirroring uh, Jesus as our advocate. He is the go-between between a holy God and between us sinful people. Jesus the only one who can successfully speak on our defense. Why? Because He alone is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. You know, we too are judged greatly by our sins of selfishness, greed, and yet in spite of that, God takes our sin and He charges it to Jesus' account. How great is that? By His crucial act of pardon, He buries our sin. And now through faith in Him, worked by the Holy Spirit, we are no longer condemned. Instead now, we are called to trust in Christ reconciling compassion. Again, we are to trust and we are to act empowered by the Holy Spirit to love God and to forgive those who sin against us. Of course, strengthened and empowered by God's grace, we can, we can do the will of God. We can seek to do what is pleasing to God. But having said that, when someone does you dirt, we struggle. This morning we find ourselves in Philemon's shoes. He struggled to do what was pleasing to God when he received Paul's letter concerning Onesimus. You know that he had to be thinking about, what should I do? I know what I should do, but it's hard. And then, of course, when we're presented with this situation in our own life, what do we do? We can manufacture all kinds of fake reasons why we shouldn't forgive that other person in our life. But then we think to ourselves, but we too are selfish and greedy. We too are sinful And God calls us again today to acknowledge our sins before Him, but also to acknowledge that He alone is our divine shepherd. That He alone can rescue us and restore us in the power of His promises. It's true that Onesimus had not lived up to his name. You know what Onesimus means? It means useful. Useful. Onesimus had not been useful to Philemon. He runs away to avoid the consequence of his sin. And now Philemon is asked to put this sin behind him, to forgive it, to wipe out this account and not even inflict the minimum penalty upon a runaway slave. Anybody know what the minimum penalty was for a runaway slave? slave in those days, it was branding. Branding that person. So like Philemon, we have the grace to do what God wants. We have been given by the power of the Holy Spirit to do that which is pleasing to Him and for the good of one another. And so Paul is urging Philemon, as he is urging us, Philemon Show him the grace of God. The grace that has been shown to you repeatedly in your life. Receive Onesimus back for good as a brother in the Lord. So here's the big question for us today. Whom will you and I go to today? To whom will the Lord send us? A brother, a sister, who has done us dirt that we don't feel like forgiving. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's uh, our children. Maybe it's a fellow brother or sister in Christ. And we can be sure that the rest of the world is watching us. They're watching how we deal with one another. They're watching not only our words, but also our actions. And we can be sure that the places where we live and work, there are all kinds of skeptics. And most of us sitting here today have experienced being in Philemon's shoes. We know God's love. We know that we have been forgiven in Christ. And we know that He has empowered us because He has forgiven us. We have a special advantage. Because He has forgiven us in Christ Jesus, He empowers us to forgive one another. And one last thing before I bring this to a close. God calls us not only to be in the forgiveness business, but He calls us to receive and welcome that brother or sister back again. Sort of reminds me of the Gospel account of the prodigal son. The father welcomes the prodigal back. He not only welcomes him back, but He treats him with honor and respect. And you say to yourself, what are you thinking? This son who did you dirt, who wasted away your inheritance. And yet He welcomes him back with open arms and He treats him with honor and respect. Thank God He wipes away our sin. He removes it as far as the East is from the West. He removes it from His memory. And now He calls us to do the same for others, especially for our brothers and sisters in the faith, whom we find ourselves united by His blood and His righteousness. That's the good word for this Labor Day weekend. Amen. We pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the great gift that You give to us in the forgiveness of our sins. As we've said so many times, You came into this world to do for us what we could not do. As Ella spoke about today, your love is beyond comprehension. It is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. And it always trusts. It always hopes. True love always perseveres. It never fails. Help us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit to live in your love and to act upon your love as we deal with those around us. We pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.